0: Welcome, Sky community. Welcome back to another episode of Sky Women. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. Today, my special guest is student Dr. Ashley Steele. Ashley is a student at the University of North Texas Health Science Center, Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine, where she is an aspiring physician and um, wanting to be an OB. And so she is on rotation with me this month, and she's going to help us out with our podcast for the next couple of weeks. So welcome, Ashley.
1: Hi, it's so nice to be here today. Um, I'm really excited to be a part of these podcasts for the next month. Yes. And I'm excited just to talk a little bit more about a couple of things that I think are pretty interesting. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Yes. So it's so fun to have a student who is so eager to learn all of the things (laughs) and discuss relevant topics and to teach me how to turn off my notifications on my laptop. I mean, (laughs) All things that just delight me. So, so Ashley, just tell us
1: a little bit about you. So, I am a third-year student at the Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine here in Fort Worth. I was actually born in Vietnam, and then I came to America when I was about two years old. Grew up in the Arlington Mansfield DFW area before I went to college um, in Waco at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, After that, I worked full time for two years at Baylor, Scott and White in Temple, Texas as a transplant tech. And that's kind of where I was like, there's more to life. I want to go back to school. Working is fun, but man, something's missing. And that's when I decided to go back to school. And I did my master's program at UNT, HSC, also at the same campus. So what is your master's? It's the master's in medical science program. Um, But I actually did the two-year full-on master's track. And I did a, a research dissertation as well. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. So okay. I did all that and then started up med school in 2020, the big year of COVID. Starting off with like online med school was definitely That's interesting. Been interesting, <laughs> I'm sure. What a journey, yeah. So it's nice now to be in person seeing people and not just seeing little
0: thumbnails of everyone's yeah. pictures yeah. on Zoom. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So you're excited to be on rotations. Okay. And so what I love about Ashley also is that she's done a really great job of developing her interest outside of medicine. So she's a yoga teacher and she likes to take pictures like an amateur photographer. Yeah.
1: Photography. That was something I started when I was working full-time. I was interested in pursuing that as maybe like a hobby or a side business. And then it just kind of grew. I have a lot of things that I'm interested in and I'm a big proponent of if you're interested in it, Now's the best time to learn because life only ever gets busier from here. So I might as well just try now. And if I don't like it,
0: I'm like, well, I tried it and I didn't like it, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Okay, and you and your husband also love to rock climb together?
1: Yeah, we rock climb together. I started rock climbing in also 2020, like of course a couple of months right before COVID hit. So that was a definitely fun setback for us. But we go uh, rock climbing at the Summit Gyms here in Mm -hmm. town uh, all throughout DFW and we do some outdoor climbing as well. So we're big boulderers. for those who are into the climbing community. Uh, we're not much into lead climbing or trad climbing. We're
0: definitely the, the boulder folks, the boulder bros. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. That's great. Okay. So today we are talking about, why don't you introduce the topic? Yeah. So today
1: we're going to talk a little bit about feminine hygiene and we're going to focus on different period products. What does it all mean when we talk about organic products versus disposable products and reusable products? Uh, how does this impact our environment and what can we do to shape like our decisions in picking the different products out there? Cause you know, when you walk down that aisle at Target, it's overwhelming. It's just so many, you know? Yeah, there's different, do points. I need wings? Do I need scents? Do yeah. I have all of the questions, you know? And even yeah. when, what even when we think we know something, there's always a new product coming out and then you're like, this is new and shiny.
0: I kind of want to buy it. Is right, it worth right. it, you know. <laughs> right, right, and it's easy to get taken in by the marketing, mm-hmm. right? And but this is something that we're using for our personal hygiene to help, you know, menstrual hygiene. And so I think it's really important that we know what we're looking for, what we should be looking for and why we're making these decisions and be a little more conscious about it. So sure. Yeah. So let's talk about periods in general first, Mm -hmm. right? So the average age of girls starting their period is like 12 to 13 earlier in some cultures and even earlier in America today, we seem to see this, you know, sometimes even 10 and 11. So, and cycles typically are around 28 days and they can vary between 21 to 45 days. And then let's talk about how to track our period.
1: Can you explain how to track your period? Yeah, so the nice thing about living in today's age is that there's a lot of period tracking apps out Mm -hmm. there. So if you're not a big fan of pen, not a big fan of pen and paper, (laughs) we have our mobile phones that you can track apps on. And the best way to track your period is to actually record or mark in your app tracker it the first day of when you actually start your menstrual cycle. And then you should log every day after that that you were continuing your cycle until the end of that. It's best to kind of do it the first I like to so I do track my periods just because I like to see if I'm regular or not regular. And if in that morning I
0: notice, that's usually when I'll track it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise I'll forget. Right. <laughs> and then you right. kind of have to backtrack. Right. And interestingly we're pretty lousy at you know that recall. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, I don't know, did I? I'm not sure. Yeah, when was my last cycle? Was it 4th of July? I don't know. And so I think it is really helpful to report it, whether you're putting it on your calendar on your phone or you're writing it down in a journal or you're putting it on you know the family calendar, like whatever you choose to do, or there's tons of apps to use to help track it. So, okay. So that you can know when to predict because if you cannot predict your cycle, you might find yourself in some difficult situations where you're not prepared and you don't have period products. And if you're having irregular cycles outside of these parameters, we didn't even mention, you typically bleed anywhere from two to seven days. If you're bleeding consistently more than seven days or you're having very irregular cycles, you should seek a physician to to talk about that.
1: Yeah. And then um, another thing that is that on average most women will lose between 30 to 60 mils. Mm. And I know that that sounds like a lot, but that's really about three to four tablespoons. So not the little teaspoon, but like the bigger tablespoon. And that's over the course
0: of your menstrual cycle. Your entire period. Your entire But period. sometimes we feel like we're bleeding so much.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. And I think that has to do with a lot with um, using tampons or different absorbency products that maybe are a little too much for what we actually need mm. or
0: too little for what we actually need. So it okay. is variable. Okay. So Ashley's going to walk us through the different period products and she's very passionate about this and she's done her research. So listen up.
1: So we're going to start off talking about the different disposable options, just because I think these are the options that most people are most familiar with. These are things that include pads and mostly tampons. So they're really the two big disposable options. So with pads, we know that they're disposable. Um, They do come in different sizes, different absorbencies. So there are small ones. You have panty liners for those who have just maybe a few days of spotting. There are overnight ones. You have the ones with wings, without wings. So many different options, right? Yeah. So nice pros about this is that there are the different sizes and absorbencies, so you can really tailor the products you use according to your flow for the day. Exactly. And this is also, these products are good for people who prefer not to use products that you have to manually insert or like insert internally. So whether that's due to cultural differences or personal beliefs, things like that, or just difficulty inserting a tampon, like fabulousness, you know? Mm -hmm. Some cons about this, though, is that because they are disposable, and this is something you guys are going to hear me talk about, a lot about, because this is something I personally um, am passionate about, is that the disposable products create a lot of environmental waste. I'll talk about that a little bit more, but every year, there's about 12 billion pads that go into the U.S. landfill, mm-hmm. just from USA alone. Yeah. So that's quite a bit. They can also be less discreet, because typically... A lot of the pads are wrapped in, you know, a plastic liner or yeah. some type of packaging, and I think we've all been there before, where you're fumbling around when you're young and you're just yeah. like, "I'm so embarrassed." Please, right, don't right, right.
0: <laughs> right. It's like open oh, a bag of potato chips, or no, to do it. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: they can't really be worn when you're swimming, just because of the absorbency. It's, you know, you can, I guess, if you want to, but it's not going to be discreet, and it's mm-hmm. not going to be a pleasant time. No, <laughs> We're in a diaper in the pool. Exactly. No. Yeah, and then they really should only be worn for about four to eight hours. Um, it's okay. not really recommended to wear longer than that just because, you know, we all sweat. Mm-hmm. Sweat is a normal human process. Mm-hmm. Things accumulate down there and it right, can just lead to a nice, happy
0: environmental growth area for bacteria. Well, uh, right. Uh, you know, and your flow is really going to dictate that, right? Mm-hmm. So if your pad's full, of course, you're going to change it. If it's a lighter flow and you're wearing a heavier pad and you just leave it on. Well, sweat plus blood and bacteria, I mean, it's just gonna be a petri dish and, and get quite odorous. So yeah, changing regularly is definitely recommended. Mm-hmm. And then with pads, there's always
1: still the the chance of leaking, especially you know, if you're right. a foster intern in the night, that can be a problem. And then right. it causes staining of the clothes, staining your sheets. Right, right. So it's not without its cons right. or its disadvantages totally. So with tampons, this is a product that you do insert internally. For most of us, I think we're all familiar that it's disposable, it's a one-time use, you right? Know. You put it in, you take it out. The nice thing about this is that there are different absorbencies, different sizes. So yeah, you, know, you have your light, your heavy, your regular. And another disadvantage of this is that because it's disposable, it adds to that environmental waste. There's about 8 billion tampons that are thrown away every year. So, or actually, it's actually more than that. That's just in the US alone. So, okay. that's a ton of waste that we're contributing to our landfill. Right. And in America, this is something that's really interesting is that we actually, Americans, prefer tampons with the plastic applicators. I think we all know what we're talking about the telescoping right. plastic one. And that plastic doesn't really break down. You know, in the The process of making those applicators not only are we producing microplastics that rise into our oceans, our drinking water takes billions of years to break down, but all the plastic applicators also accumulate and then they're there for a long time. You can buy tampons with cardboard applicators, and those are biodegradable, those are recyclable, and you can also buy tampons without an applicator, which is actually what Europeans prefer. So that was something really interesting I found out, and it just had to do with who developed the tampon in our respective nations interesting yeah so yeah. the tampon was developed in america with the applicator whereas tampons in germany were developed without so everywhere almost everywhere in europe except the united kingdom tampons without applicators outsell
0: all the tampons with applicators
1: fascinating yeah. but in the okay. u.s
0: 80 percent of women prefer a yeah. plastic applicator well i remember when i was a little girl and i found tampons under my mom's sink mm-hmm. and they did not have applicators. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, um, the applicators started to be sold in America in the seventies. Okay. That's when they started being, Fascinating. so they're gaining a little bit more traction, I would say in mm-hmm. communities that are focused on reducing your carbon footprint and your waste, but it's still contributing with the cotton, you know, waste. Okay. That gets added. Okay. So let's talk about
0: pros and cons of uh, tampon use.
1: Yeah, so one of the pros about tampons is that they're they're more discreet. You can wear them when you're swimming. A lot of people prefer to wear them if you're involved in high intensity sports, just mm-hmm. because a pad can sometimes be bulky or a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And then there is the big there is a risk of having toxic shock syndrome. And for those of you who don't know, toxic shock syndrome basically happens when a material like tampons or other packing materials, cotton, things like that is left in an environment like the vagina over time. And basically different bacteria can create this toxin that then can damage your body and your organs. And that's what toxic shock
0: syndrome is. Now, there's a lot of buzz around toxic shock syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I literally have never seen a case of toxic shock syndrome. And I've been in OB-GYN since 2006 when I started residency. And if you ask an ER doctor as well, there's always the worry for it. But yeah. how often do we see it? Hardly ever. Yeah. And if you look at the incidence, it's like 0.1 to 3.4 per 100,000 U.S. women. So it just it's, it's quite rare, but what hygiene should we be aware of when we're using tampons to help avoid any type of infection?
1: So the big thing is to remember to remove and replace the product every eight hours is the absolute max that's recommended. Right. But of course it depends on your flow. You know, right. if you have a heavier flow, you may find that you'll need to replace the tampon more frequently just so that way you're not leaking into your clothes, you know, your panties, things like that. But really eight hours is what a lot of studies and like
0: physicians recommend. Right. So pads or tampons, you're going to, going to need to be changing them every 48 hours.
1: Mm-hmm. So I know right now there's the big buzz, right? On organic organic, pads yes. and organic cotton. Organic yes. Chemicals. And if it says
0: organic, it must be
1: better. We should buy it, right? Well, that's the thing though. So I know that that's automatically when we see the word organic, you know, whether we're buying food or... You know, good clothing, placement. clothing. <laughs> you're in a cotton. You're like, okay, 100% better. Right. We automatically assume that it's more environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this this is just to show how good the marketing has Mm -hmm. been for the term organic. Because really in America, organic just means that the product was made without the use of pesticides. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So in that sense, yes, it is better for the environment because when you use pesticides, every time it rains, it causes a lot of that pesticide to wash into our our groundwater, rivers, things like that. And then not only does it bioaccumulate in those water sources, it accumulates in the fish that's within it. And then Mm -hmm. all the birds that eat the fish all the other animals that eat those prey and then that bioaccumulation you know just gets worse and worse right so in that sense it is better for the environment but otherwise if you're still growing cotton you know these pro- the cotton still has to be processed it's not like we can just use the raw cotton as it is right right um, it's still getting bleached in the process okay getting processed and unfortunately there is no set standard for how the cotton is processed even like with
0: organic products okay so not all organics are created equal. Yes. And how do we know even what standards they're being held to, to call themselves organic? Exactly. So
1: a lot of brands will say that they use like less chemicals. But what chemicals do they use? Or they'll say like, right. our products are less harsh, but it's like, what do you mean by less harsh, right? That can be a very subjective term. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you're being harsh to me. This is less harsh, right? There's not really yes. a standard definition of what harsh is. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so really big, Benefit of organic is that you do know that your cotton is being grown without pesticides, mm-hmm. right? And so if that is something that is a concern to you, that's a great thing to know about. And then usually with a lot of the companies that are producing organic tampons, they do focus a little bit more on being environmentally conscious, right? not all of them. So it really is a personal preference. Okay. Um, the big downside, in my opinion, is that it's still contributing to the cotton waste, right? Okay. All that landfill waste that it just takes forever, even if it says it's biodegradable. That biodegradable means it will eventually break down. Right. It will right. last forever. Right. But it's not oh, like then. it magically breaks down in like a month. Right, a right, right. And then the cost can be really inhibitive for women who are in underserved communities or women okay. who may not necessarily have the means to afford, you know, a $9 box of
0: 18 tampons. Wow. Which is the average cost. Okay. Okay. So, what's the average cost of? Non-organic organic versus yeah. organic tampons. So to put that in perspective,
1: non-organic tampons with a plastic applicator are typically about $8 for 34 counts. And then if you wanted to get the cardboard applicators, which I know some people are like, oh, it's a little less uncomfortable, but they're biodegradable. A box of 54 count is $8. Okay. And then to put that in perspective with the organic cotton, you know, a box of 34 count is going to cost you twice as much at 18, mm. 18 or $19. Okay. And there are some cheaper organic uh, brands out there. So like Cora Organic is another brand that they focus on being a little bit more affordable. Mm -hmm. It's $10 for a box of 32, but the reviews are awful. Oh, and why do we think that is? Um, A lot of people complain that it's just not comfortable. Um, They can feel it when they're wearing it. The absorbency is not as great. Apparently the string Mm. is a bit more absorbent than the actual tampon. And so they're like, yeah.
0: So, you know, it's not without its downsides. Okay. But overall, like for tampons, the benefit would be you can go swimming, you can do your sport activities and, you know, not worry as much about leakage as long as Mm -hmm. you're changing, or if you have a heavy blow you could always wear a pad on that day too for backup. Right. And then it's just generally for most women, a lot more
1: comfortable than Mm -hmm. wearing a pad. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about buying the right underwear for the pad to fit in. Right. You know, whether it'll show through your leggings or your tights or things. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So it is just a little bit more comfortable. And it's also, especially in the Texas summer with the heat. Yes. <laughs> it definitely helps yes. reduce uh, sweat yes. in that area. Okay. So all that to say, those are that's really like the big overview of the different disposable products we have. The nice thing is now that there is a big movement to become more environmentally friendly of reducing our carbon footprint, reducing waste. So there's a lot of reusable options out there now. There are reusable pads. Um, These work just like regular disposables, except they're made of usually 100% cotton, And so it works the same way. You put the reusable pad within your underwear or whatever garments you're wearing. When it gets full, you just take it out, you wash it, you let it dry, you put a new one in. Okay, so
0: I have a question about that. Yeah. So does it have a sticky nature to it or velcro to it. Like how does it actually say place? So different place ones here? have different options. The ones
1: with wings typically have like a button clasp that will go uh, underneath. Okay. And that's usually how most of them work. Some of them have some velcro options, but then you kind of have to like velcro it to your panties. Some people don't like that, especially if you have like really cute ones mm-hmm. that you like to wear for whatever. Yeah. You know, and you so have they have designated period panties. Exactly. <laughs> but usually they have a clasping mechanism. Okay.
0: So kind of like if you guys have ever worn like a bodysuit, it's the same little buttons. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if you're if you're washing it, like you just throw it in with the rest of your laundry. Yeah. Do you rinse it out in the sink first? You're supposed to rinse
1: it out in the sink first, and mm-hmm. then you can throw it in with the rest of your laundry. Interesting. Okay, so those. Pads typically last about three to five years, and they can be a little cost prohibitive front just because one pad will cost $20 to $30, and it's not like you're going to use one pad during your cycle. Right. You're going to need
0: multiple pads.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they do have pad, like reusable pads with different absorbencies. They have ones for heavy flow, light flow different things like that. But again, you're still going to have to buy up front, you know? Right. And
0: well, you're going to have to change them exactly regularly throughout the day, just like you do a, a regular pad, a disposable, a disposable pad. pad. Yeah.
1: Yep. There's also period panties. I think this yes. is another big trend that we're hearing big about. Trend. Yes. Uh, and these basically take one step out from having to change the pad all the time in yep. that the underwear is built with the a, pad, yeah, with the pad in line, it's usually cotton and it helps absorb the blood, prevent staining on your clothes, all that yeah. good stuff. The big advantage is that it's another great option for people who are interested or have difficulty or it's painful to insert yeah. products in. Yeah. There's a lot of different brands out there now, so the cost isn't as bad, but on average, they still do cost about 25 to 35 dollars a pair, right? They're, so, up front, it
0: uh, feels expensive, right? If yes. you look at well, I can just buy a box of. Tampons, tampons for eight bucks, yeah, but you're not having to rebuy these for several years, Exactly. yeah, um, and you're not creating waste, so that is interesting. However, I will say that I would love to see these in stores so yeah. that you could actually try on mm-hmm. because I like to try things that I endorse, right? So, I and I full disclosure, I do not have a period anymore, and I love not having a period. Thank mm-hmm. you, Marina IUD, but. You only need a period if you're having babies <laughs> or wanting to have babies. So I had, had not used them, but I thought, okay, I'm going to try this out um, wow. and just see. And the brand that I bought just, you know, off of Amazon was not very comfortable, like yeah. the way it cut on my leg. Mm-hmm. And then I was going camping with the kids and mm-hmm. I had, you know, just my leggings on. Yeah. And it really created a horrible painting line that my yeah. husband was like, I don't know if that's perfect. <laughs> that's you
1: know? one of the downsides yeah. that just... For coverage wise, yeah. the period panties are going to be a little bit more of, you know, grandma style,
0: <laughs> as I like to
1: call them. Yeah. They, there are brands now like Aerie is making, uh, they're updating their collection to include period panties and they have a couple of like cheeky options, a couple mm-hmm. of different ones like that. But it's still just for coverage sake, you're typically not going to find like a thong
0: period panty. Yeah. You know? Right. 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 <laughs> well, I'm I just saying, even the fabric was a lot yeah. thicker so that it just exactly. really showed if you're wearing leggings or something. So I mean, if you're going to wear them I think it's better for a jean day. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that could be hard
1: if you're somebody
0: who prefers wearing dresses in the summer or different yeah. types of material. It probably could work with a flowy dress, right? Yeah. Just like nothing <laughs> form fitting when you are got to period hangs on.
1: And then the last one, this is I'm a little biased, so I'll okay. say that. Period cups. I absolutely love menstrual cups.
0: I, okay, I'm so glad that you're yeah. talking about this and that you're passionate about this because anybody, anytime anybody asks me, it's not anything that was ever introduced to me. Of course, it's no gin. I'm aware that period cups exist. That we, you know, you can use a menstrual cup if you want. This is how we use it. But it's typically in my mind, I envision it just being incredibly messy. Yeah, it was nothing that was ever introduced to me as a yeah. young person having menses. So let's so, talk.
1: So what the menstrual cup is, for anybody who's not familiar, it's a bell-shaped looking device with typically a little stem at the bottom. And that stem is to help you remove, it acts like a tampon stream. That stem helps you to remove the device whenever you need to empty the cup. It works kind of like a tampon in that you insert it into your vagina.
0: Mm -hmm. And then instead of absorbing all the blood, it just collects it into the cup. Now, when you insert it in the vagina, Mm -hmm. okay, so I always tell patients you're going to spread the labia Mm -hmm. and you're going to compress the cup. Mm -hmm and insert it all the way up because essentially we wanted to the cervix to sit just inside the cup yeah you can um and the nice thing is now
1: that period of the menstrual cups are getting more popular they have different sizes so they have mm. ones for people who may have like lower riding cervixes mm. so they have short cups so that way it's a one size fit all anymore, nice. which is great and then for me personally when i insert i like to fold the cup up okay. into halves just it's easier to fit for me personally. Mm-hmm. And that way, as it naturally unfolds, it creates the suction. And I don't have to worry about like, is it in the right spot? Did it fit? And then right, right. it's just a smooth process. It is a learning curve. That was the one I would say disadvantage in that a lot of people are like, oh, this is a weird looking thing. I don't know how I feel about this. But I remember, you know, when I made the switch from pads to tampons, mm-hmm. there was a bit of a learning curve with that too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like, it was so long ago for a lot of us that we're like, there really, there really wasn't one, you know, but in reality, it took a couple tries. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty. Yeah. Yeah. The great thing with the menstrual cups though, is that
0: they can be worn for up to 12 hours at a time. Oh, so, so I'm envisioning like, you know, during the school day, like mm-hmm. no girl is what I'm going to want to have to deal with changing out her menstrual cup or cleaning that menstrual cup in yep. the middle of the day. And how do you do that? You're going to have to go to the sink and wash your hands, wash your menstrual cup. You know, mm-hmm. I just imagine that being so cumbersome. So the fact that you can wear it for a 12 hour period is really yes. nice because it can really get you from sunup to sundown. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's really great for, um, you know, if you're a working mom too, or anybody who's yeah. working, if you take call, that was a big reason that um I switched to them was with my work schedule. And I was at the hospital some days I'm like, I have some, I have a call, I have this thing going on. I'm going to be here for forever. (laughs) I'm not going to have a chance to like run to the bathroom in the middle of this. Right. And so it was nice to know that I had a product that I could safely keep inside for 12 hours. Right. And for a lot of people that will typically last you from the time that you get up until the time that you can make it home to clean it out, which is great. Yeah, that is. Okay. And so how much does it actually absorb? So it doesn't absorb any. Uh, the blood just collects inside like Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how much does it hold? So a typical, so like a Diva cup, it really depends on the product in yeah. the size, but a Diva cup, which is one of the largest ones, uh, holds the equivalent of four super tampons in the one cup. Okay. So that is... Quite a bit <laughs> so for a heavy flow day, so a for a heavy,
0: perfect for, okay, yeah. And
1: even for like the heaviest flow day, it'll be rare that the diva cup is even full, usually, okay. on average, for most women, it gets maybe half like a quarter to a half mm-hmm. full. And then, of course, there are smaller options now for people who have lighter flows or maybe have like a, a lower writing cervix and okay. a smaller cup, okay. So, that's another cool thing. And these can be a little cost prohibitive up front because a typical cup is 20 to 30 dollars. But the nice thing is, I know a lot of you guys are like, well, that's the same price as period panty, But with the cup, you don't need multiple. You just need one. You just need
0: one (laughs) and you wash it out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And the cups are made with a silicone grade... Medical Med- grade, medical grade silicone or for those who have silicone allergies, they have alternatives, so like polymer and antimer, different types, which is super great for those if you have allergies or if you're sensitive to silicone, right? Things like that. Right. And typically most medical grade silicone lasts 25 years. That's okay. not quite the case with the menstrual cup. They say that on average you can keep one or you can use one for five to ten years. Okay. Although some women prefer to replace it every three. Okay. Uh, that really depends on how you're cleaning it after every use, you know, okay. whether you're cleaning it with the correct soap or wash or whatever, how you're storing it. And then just really kind of based on your flow too.
0: Okay. So for us who may not have been exposed yeah. to a cup, let's talk about that. What does it look like? taking it out. How do we need to wash it? And how do we need to store it when we're done with our cycle? So the number one thing to remember
1: is always wash your hands before putting the product in or taking the cup out. But typically when you uh, insert the cup, you know, there's a couple of different options that you can do. You just want to make sure that it makes this little suction vacuum seal. And it's not like you're just going to feel some crazy thing going on there. It'll just, it seriously goes away. It's super comfortable. I don't feel it when I have it inside, but then when I'm ready to remove it again, wash your hands and you want to kind of make like a pinching sensation with your fingers. So I take like my two, my index and my ring, middle finger with my thumb mm-hmm. and I'll go on in and I'll pinch the bottom of the cup mm-hmm. right around the stem and that mm-hmm. helps to break that seal so that I can remove the cup a little easier. I see. I see. And I'm usually doing this, like I'm already like sitting at the toilet, you know, right, peeing or whatever. And so it's super easy to just dump the cup out right there. Okay. And then if you need to wash it, if like So like at my house, my sink is a little further away from the toilet. I just like wrap the cup in some TP real Mm -hmm. quick and then just go rinse it out. So that
0: way I'm not like dripping anything on the floor. Right. Okay. So you just dump the blood in the toilet, Mm -hmm. blush, put it in some toilet paper, go clean it out in the sink. Do you need to wash it with soap?
1: Not in between uses. Water is great. Typically you'll want to wash with soap or um, some of the products have their own brand of cleansers that they sell. I just use regular soap. I haven't had like it at the, the end time. of your use. So, mm-hmm. at the you're end end of done with your
0: cycle and you're going to wash it with soap and yep. you're going to put it away.
1: Yep. I let it air dry. That's the nice big thing. And then just put it away in like a little cotton pouch or a little bag and then put it in your cupboard or wherever okay. else you can put
0: the products typically. That's okay. it. So we have a menstrual cup that we demonstrate in our girlology class, which we have a girlology class coming up at the end of the month on August 24th for any of your young girls, age 12 years old, learning all about um, me and anything that's going on with puberty. Um, And so we always demonstrate that Mm -hmm. menstrual cup as well, just so that they're aware that this is an option.
1: Yeah. And I know that it sounds a bit more expensive upfront, especially when you're like, oh, this is 20 bucks for this one or 30 bucks. one device for all your periods. Yeah. Yeah. And and to put that in perspective, you know, if you're buying a box of tampons, let's just say like every other month, right? That's about 50 bucks a year. Mm -hmm. If you're buying box of tampons every month, that's about a hundred bucks a year. Typically a woman's reproductive lifespan is about 40 years. You know, Mm -hmm. from the time that you're starting your period to the time you you have have your last month. Yeah. If you're buying tampons, that's anywhere from two to $4,000 being spent on tampons in your lifetime. Versus if you're buying a menstrual cup, and even if you're replacing it every five years, that's $300, $320 over that four-year lifespan. Right, right. So it's quite a bit of money, you know, that you're okay. saving in the long run. And not only that, because you're using the menstrual cup, you're not contributing you know to all of that cotton waste that's going in all the right. plastic waste because when you look at pads you know they have all the plastic liner the underside is sticky that's plastic that doesn't right. break down with tampons right. you have the plastic applicator you have the little plastic pouch that it comes in it's all individually wrapped and in packaged and all of those things take a long time to break down right. right Right. so those are a couple of the different options we have in addition to this something else that uh we, we often have questions about, or we hear about or is Do I need to douche? Do I need oh, to use, say this? no to douche ladies? Yes. <laughs> use, you know, we have to talk about pH balance soaps mm. different types of cleansers, you know, you yes. scented, non-scented, all those things. And so I really recommend that you guys tune into our next episode yeah. where we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what does it mean when you're buying a pH cleanser? What is a, uh, a normal or a good feminine wash routine look right mm. like, right? Because I know that's
0: something that we probably don't all discuss with no, our friends. No, <laughs> so, um, this was actually requested by a patient. She was like, please do an episode on how to wash your lady parts because she was washing up in the vagina. The vagina is a self-cleaning oven. So we're going to leave her alone. We're going to leave her alone. Let her be. Okay, so tune in next week. Until next week, be well.